0: Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is at the center of this worship service. Jesus Christ is at the center of this church. Jesus Christ is at the center of the United Methodist Church. Jesus Christ is at the center of the church with a capital C, the Worldwide Church. Jesus Christ. Today, I need your help in figuring out who's closest to Jesus Christ and, and who's furthest away. So I need a um, uh, a female, Jackie. Could I could I call upon you to be a volunteer? Would, would you be a female? Would you come up here with me? So, thank you. It's dangerous to sit up front. I know. Oh. So, Jackie here is Mother Teresa. Close to Christ, far away. Yeah, but, <laughs> yeah. I throw you an easy one, right? So we're going to leave you right here close to the cross. Is this okay? All right. So uh, I'm going to get your granddaughter here. Could, could I get you? Ashley, is that okay? Ashley. You're a bully. And, and not just at school with words, but through social media and um, other ways to uh, attack yeah, classmates and stuff. Yeah. What, what do you think about this bully? Close to Christ? Uh-huh. Y'all, somebody, y'all, somebody doing Roman. <laughs> <He goes> like, <laughs> yeah, <it's> like, <laughs> this is not about that. Okay, we're not having any gladiators or anything. So, But where, 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 is, the, where is this bully? What do you think? Uh, okay, well, save, it. save it, Daniel, just a second. So, <laughs> so how, do you think pretty far? You know, tell me how far. Keep going, keep going, to the to the door. Not not out the door. Okay, all right. We'll keep her there. Okay, all right. So, so Dan, Daniel, I'll get you. Since I come come up, man. So again, dangerous to sit near the front and on the outside of an aisle. Martin Luther King Jr. to Christ? uh, Easy one. So I'm going to put you over here with with Jackie, okay? Just... (laughs) Is this all right? Oh, this is going to be hard. Zach, I hate to do this to you, man. Could, Could you come? Really, these are just characters, all right? This is not... Dylan Roof, he was the young man who went into Emmanuel, African Methodist Episcopal Church in Charleston, South Carolina, to a Bible study with a handgun, and there he took how many people's lives, was it about nine, something like that, what do you think, Far, far away? You want to, uh, further than the bully? You put, can we put him over here? Yeah, is this okay? So how far? (laughs) Keep going? (laughs) Further? Keep going? Further? You would put him outside the glass, I'm sure, right? Sorry, Zach, really, I'm sorry, um, Okay, two two more. So, David, could I ask you to come? Is this all right? Is this okay? Yes. Yeah? Okay. So, um, let's see here. No, <laughs> so people are going like this. Don't call me. Don't call me. It's like this. So, so Debbie, could I, could I get you to come? I'm sorry. <laughs> These are not gender specific roles. <laughs> Two thieves on the cross. So one thief says, You can look this up. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said, Today you'll be with me in paradise. The other thief said, Curse, curse, curse. Whatever your favorite cuss words were, that's what this thief was doing to Jesus. Who's close to Jesus and who's far away? This one we're saying, yeah, it's pretty close, yeah, this easy, this is easy, close to the cross. How about this one? But you know, here's the funny thing, in the gospel stories, they're both the same distance. Isn't that right? One on either side of Jesus, one who said, remember me when you come into your kingdom, one who cussed Jesus out. Who's closest to Christ? The one who needs Christ the most. This is amazing grace. It's for the bully. It's for Dylan Roof. It's for you and for me. Amazing grace. Thank you very much. If y'all want to take your places, yeah. Yeah. How about you? How close are you to Christ today? Pastor Lisa and I have been given the big questions for the season of Lent, and the big question that came to me was, who needs Jesus? <laughs> who needs a Savior? And uh, the fancy, big, churchy word is called atonement. And my Aggie way of understanding that is mut <laughs> who needs to be close to Christ. We all do. We are all in need of God's grace. And we Methodists, we preach this about God's unmerited love for us. You see, what we tend to do is we tend to say, well, who deserves it, right? And these people way out here, they don't deserve it. But who needs it We all do. And we we all have kind of grades and we all have kind of levels and we say, oh, well, this person is more deserving than this person and this person's closer to Christ. But the gospel story is this, that God and Jesus came to save sinners. Can we see the scripture? We just had this read. Let's let's say this out loud. Can we see the scripture up here from Romans? Paul writes to the church at Romans and he says this, read this with me, would you? For while we were still weak, At the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. Indeed, rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person, someone might actually dare to die. But God proves his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Christ died for the ungodly. It's not how good you are, how many good works you've done, how smart you are. Um, It's about how good God is for us. God did for us what we could not do for ourselves. God came to us as one of us to draw us near to Christ so that we could be at one, so that there wouldn't be that distance anymore. So I'm going to share with you four words from classic theology that you can take home with you about what this means. And remember that I'm an Aggie, so I'm going to keep it real simple so that I can understand it. And, and I was remembering this past week that I actually wrote the curriculum for the confirmation class for the Rio, Texas conference about this very subject of atonement. atonement. And so I'm, I'm going to give some examples from that. So, the, the first understanding of what is happening here in the cross is, is the word expiation. Boy, isn't that a great word. So, if we could bring up expiation, please. There you go. So, this, here, here's how I will explain it. I, I know I'm the only one who's noticed the green dust that is on everything right now. So, there's, there's green dust on my car, there's green dust on the sidewalk, there's green dust at my nose, and there's just, right? It's just everywhere. What does expiation have to do with it? Expiation means we're dirty and we need to get clean. <laughs> we need to wipe the dust away to clear it off so that we can become cleansed. That's what, it, that's what expiation means, to be cleansed. Its roots are in our, our Jewish foremothers and forefathers. When they needed to get cleansed, when they needed to be at one with God, they would sacrifice an animal and the blood was what made you clean. It sounds crazy, doesn't it? Blood that makes you clean. But the blood was the sign of life. And Jesus became the Lamb of God. His blood flowed for us. We have all of those hymns in our Christian tradition, remember, about being washed in the blood. That's what's happening in, in expiation. Do one more little spin on the blood and as it's, it's a source of life. Friends, I am O negative. Do you know what that means? I'm a universal donor. The blood bank loves me, all right? Every eight weeks, I get a call, you know, give us a pint of your blood, because I can give to anybody, everybody. I'm a universal donor. Jesus is a universal donor. <laughs> he has given his blood, his life, so that we might have life, okay? Okay. Expiation. The second one is this substitutionary. So here's how I make sense of this. It's um, March Madness right now. Anybody watch any of those games on TV? Yeah, yeah. So um, here's my analogy. You're playing basketball. You're on the court, and your team is losing. And the reason your team is losing is because of you. <laughs> you get the blame. And what happens is Jesus comes off of the bench and he takes your place. He is the substitute that comes into the game and he says, put the blame on me. He takes the hit for us. He says, I'll take that on myself. Substitutionary. The third is moral example. Anybody here gotten lost? Anybody ever gotten lost? I know you have your apps on your phones these days, but they still don't take you where you need to go, right? We need a way back. We need a path to follow. We need someone to follow to give us the example. Jesus is that way. He's a model for our lives. He's not just a good teacher or healer. He is inside of us. The scripture said today that Jesus has come To reconcile and make us new, and He lives in us. His life is in us by the power of His Holy Spirit. We walk this way with Him. He is our example. We find our way out of our lostness. We get at one again. And the fourth way is Christus Victor, little Latin Christ wins. (laughs) He has overcome all obstacles. All defects, all sin, he wins. It's not just a legal understanding where we go to court. Um, I was doing some reading this past week on John Wesley, who started the Methodist movement, and he very much understood this in a therapeutic way, that Christ wins, he comes to heal us, our brokenness, our separateness, he comes to make that whole. You today. One of these, you resonate more than another. Saying, "Yeah, that's that's the way I need to be at one with God this day." Or maybe it's a combination of them. It, it's okay. Know that Jesus came so that we could be at one again. What is our response? Is to accept this amazing grace, this this wondrous gift that has come in Jesus the Christ. I'll do the basketball analogy again. Conversion is like the tip-off of the basketball game. It is coming home to Christ. But guess what? There's still four quarters left to play. <laughs> and that's our response, our living and growing in grace. And guess what? Sometimes it goes into overtime. Yes, can I get an amen? <laughs> it's sometimes, sometimes it gets really hard. What does the Scripture say? that sometimes this following Christ and growing in his love involves suffering. Some of you know about this. But Paul has this wonderful progression that suffering leads to endurance, and endurance leads to character, and character leads to hope. And underneath it all is this grace that draws us to Christ. I have good news for you this day, and that is in Jesus Christ and in the cross, All people are being drawn to be at one with him. Amen.